Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. Your podcast where you go through a portal and you're told to listen. Because you know what to do with that big clay pot. Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. Anyways, tonight we are continuing our Adding Fringeworthy 2 series with something that is 30 years old now. Yes. Yes. Uh, we have already been regaled by Pixie researching the world of Pokemon and adding Fringeworthy to it. And tonight, she's going to give us information on how to add Fringeworthy to the world of Hyrule. Yes, the world of Link and Zelda. Zelda! Yes, now... <laughs> She's been re after she realized the Pokemon episode was a hit. She started just pouring into several other game worlds, and then okay, well, this one couldn't happen on Earth, okay, and she, you know, process of elimination. This is the one that came up next for her to do, and she's really just been researching over what past couple weeks now, at least, yeah, yeah. So she has been all set and. Pretty much we three, quote-unquote, old men are going to be getting schooled tonight on this because I don't play video games. Bruce admitted he's never played a Zelda game. John, have you ever played any of the Zelda games at all? Close as I came was playing Link in, um, in Mario Karts. Wow. Okay, then. That would be a no. Uh, that would definitely be a no. <laughs> all right. So I will turn this over to Professor Pixie on adding Fringeworthy to the world of Zelda. Professor? The land of Hyrule is your main focus. It features in almost all of the series to this day. I have with me a book that's called Hyrule Historia. It details the entire timeline of the series and when I can't get to the internet, is a big source of my research. Is this a book that you could currently get yes. at like Barnes and Noble? Okay, you can right. still get it. Dark Horse released it. Okay. And they are working on another one, from what I hear, set to release next year. Well, with thirty years of games, yeah, yes, after the, a while, they're going to be having new information and stuff that they would be adding. So. Now the Zelda wiki. The listing information on all the games and even more stuff. There's comics, books, 
and other side series stuff. And all of this is considered canon? None Not of it all is... of it. Okay, some of it is secondary canon. The main series of video game, the main series video games, which will appear on the main page of the wiki, is what's canon to the timeline. Okay. There's spin-off series games like Hyrule Warriors and other games like that. Okay, so it's based in Hyrule, but they don't necessarily link up with pardon the main the pun. timeline. Yeah, pardon the pun there. Um, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. The main series, like the first main series game, the wiki was it listed as 1987, but if you actually look at it, it was first released in Japan in 1986. Okay. That's why they're celebrating the 30th anniversary this year. Okay. So yeah, usually when I hear dates of release, it's based on the earliest. Okay. Yeah. Wow, 30 years. Yeah, when you told me that, 30 years, I didn't think that games have been... But they, I don't follow video games regularly. Action. My video game experience pretty much was Atari 2600, Yars Revenge, and I'm dating myself saying that there. Yeah, and I, I actually... In our, in our private group, I linked to the first Zelda commercial made for, made for the Americas, and it's downright bizarre. <laughs> I'm sure it is, considering what the first Zelda game looked like. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a guy running around in a, in a room yelling Zelda. Oh, God, I remember that, yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, since that was 80s. Yeah, yeah, I was a junior in high school then, yeah. With a few 8-bit uh, screenshots of the, uh, of, of the game, and that's yes. about it. Yeah, flashes. Yeah. <laughs> Right, no. but I mean, it's all we had in 1986. I mean, if you were to show someone from 86 a video game today, they would think it's live action. They would be like, that's real. No? Especially with yeah. the ones that are with the more realistic graphics. Well, like Fallout Night. Yes. Like I, th Fallout. I think I also saw someone did with Unity, too. Not Unity. Uh, oh, not Fallout. It's uh, What engine is that? Um, a different engine, but it, it also Unreal looks... Unreal Engine 4. That's the one, yes. Unreal, yes. Yes. Yeah, Unreal Engine 4 is the one that people are using consistently to... They're actually doing fan remakes of certain games. Hmm. And hmm. what I've seen, they look really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw the... Uh, it, but someone did, did one for both Link, uh, for, for, for um, no, Zelda, and one for Mario. I it, saw one... I saw one where the where the person that had done the first hum world of the original Spyro the Dragon. <laughs> they hadn't gotten the portals to the other other areas working yet. Yep. But I've also seen them do the three Kanto Pokemon starters mm -hmm. with Charmander able to breathe fire. Yep. Always a plus. And a properly working Sonic the Hedgehog. The running yeah. speed and everything. Okay. Anyway. But that's uh, that's outside, yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Anyways, as far as adding Fringeworthy to this intellectual property, you and I looked through the printout fringe catalog yes. that I have, all four portals books. Right. And, and we, we did place the most 
sensible location for this particular one for, as for both Hyrule and Termina. Yes. Because as the wiki for the wiki page for Termina itself says, it is a parallel dimension to Hyrule. Mm-hmm. Now, um, but not to the but not the Twilight Realms, which is also another place. The Twilight Realm is. It would be. I suppose it could be considered Hyrule's shadow plane. It's a darker mirror. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because the shadow realm, the shadow plane in like a D and D cosmology is coterminous to the prime material plane, yes. which would be Hyrule in this case. Yes. The uh, Twilight but- Realm, which has only featured in Twilight Princess, would be yeah. Hyrule's shadow plane. Okay. And and the Dark Realm technically is just Hyrule hidden behind a uh, enchantment of some sort, if I remember correctly. Uh, you're talking about the Dark World? A Dark Realm. Dark Realm. Yeah. Anyways, we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We had decided to now. Now we were looking. I had Pixie look through my printed out fringe catalog, and she found a place to put both Hyrule and Termina. They are both alts, and mm-hmm. they're on the same alt platform. Now, she was looking through and just found that these worlds fit. It, basically, it is the alt platform of negative one seventeen. Now, when the 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 portals book it's the the dead seek the living now that's the one with the dentini hegemony mm-hmm. for those of you who are really know your worlds in the portals books uh so hyrule would be portal 1 rock people termina would be portal 4 swamp now right. now so which which portal book is that uh, let's see. Negative one seventeen. I believe would be portals. Portals two. Yeah, portals two because portals three is the one with Jack Schmidt, and that's yeah. So this is out of portals two. So that's that's one seventeen four in with a range of one to eight. Correct. The portal listed zero one would be Hyrule, and the one zero four would be Termina. But they're on the same alt platform of negative one seventeen prime. Okay. Now, Josie, why did you place Hyrule where you did, where it says rock people? Could you explain that? Hyrule has a race known as the Gorons. They are a large mountain dwelling race with sizes sizes ranging from medium tall and even gigantic. They are known to have a hide of ridged stones on their backsides, or at least some of them, usually light brown skin. When they curl up to go to sleep, they look like boulders. You could step on one and never know it. So in a way, these guys are almost kind of like earth elementals. Yes, they are literally rock people. Okay, yeah, so they'd be as per... OGL Earth Elemental, most likely. Actually, it sounds like they're more like the Pangos. The the ones that they're really based on. What was that, what was that thing called, John? 
Sorry, me unmute myself. The pangolin. The pangolin. Yeah, because they look very rocky. Yeah, though, though I'm looking at the pictures of the Gorons, and they're not pangolins. They actually, I think she's right. They look more rock-like. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just going up there and looking at the races, and I was okay. What does the what does the Goron look like? Oh, okay. They have different <laughs> pictures depending on the series, the game they come from. Yeah, but in general, they are they they they're more they their their backs are much more. Um, ridgy, not and not not regular like the uh, the um, uh, pa- pangolins would have. So they they look like dried out gumdrops is what they really look like. <laughs> well, no, because they do. Have, I'm looking at at a production. John, it's a joke. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That makes good. So okay, that's one. But then the other one is, of course. Where is that? The Dentini Outpost. Hmm. So you just you just took you took that one just just took it because it was there, right? Well, no, I no, no. one and four are the two alts that we're using for this. We didn't. Oh, four. That's with the four, other one. The swamp one. No, this. Oh, you mentioned. One. No, I did not mention two. I mentioned number one and number four. Those are the two. No, that but I you did. But but you did mention Dentini though, and I, that's why I feel focused on. Sorry. Oh no, it, it, it's because the prime and the node was. <laughs> Uh, taken by the Dentini hegemony, and when they found the undead cure, <laughs> zombies all over. Yeah, a few of the alts, one or two of the alts, I think, have Dentini mm-hmm. uh, living on it, or they've been on those alts. But these two, one and four, didn't have any um, Dentini coverage on them, so it worked out that she placed those there. These would be the most likely places. Obviously, if you find if, if something you find better in the game, yeah. That could, if you find something that could work in your version, you can place it wherever, if it works in another place. I was looking at this for like three days, and this was the only one I found that wouldn't, immediately cause problems going into it if you were having a team go through. Okay, may I read the Rock People one? Yes, please read the blurb on the... Rock People. Odd humanoids over seven feet in height and covered in a skin of rock-like plates. They have towns, commerce, and wagons they pull. There is a full ring station here surrounded by flowers and potted tomatoes. While in a cultural rut, they are not stupid. And for four, the Majora's Mask, Alt, Zelda World, Termina, just another hot summer swamp with the requisite annoying insects and wildlife. Now, the reason I chose that, I and that took all of ten minutes to decide on, actually. Okay. I was looking at the games that take place outside of Hyrule. Of which Majora's Mask is probably one of the best known. As soon as I found out Termina was in a parallel dimension, I knew going through Hyrule itself you wouldn't find it. I chose the swamp because it is the most out-of-the-way place of Majora's Mask's regions, the southern swamp. 
There could easily be areas that you don't actually explore in the game that are relatively uninhabited. Um, Trav told me there's a lot of other swamp worlds out there. Oh, yes, there's swamp worlds. I mean, there are ones where Rich just puts their... Just another damn swamp. <laughs> I, I, I believe I also saw a couple of icy mountains, which is another one of the regions in that game. The other reason I chose this one in particular was because it's on the same note. It felt right to put them that close together. Okay. And I'm, I have Termina up here on the Zelda Wiki page, which it's zeldawiki.org. Really easy to remember, folks, if you want to check this stuff out. Um, forests and swamps are in the south of Termina, which I see the map here, and it looks like it's a major continent with ocean to the west. And, yep. yeah, it's all forests and swamps in the whole southern part. So, yeah, that, that yes, fits the that, fourth alt portal perfectly. That is what the map of the game looks like. Okay, yeah, I In have fact, the that Termina says. map from Majora's Mask 3D, yes. Yes. Okay, uh, let's go this route. Tech levels. Oh, boy. We discussed this, too. This we, is something we, we did discuss this, although I didn't get too in-depth into the Termina tech level. Well, because I see it here, I sold the page up. Yes. The village clock town in the center. Termina is more technologically advanced than in, than contemporary Hyrule, possessing modern hallmarks as rock bands, motorboats, hotels, clocks, tourist shops, lotteries, pictography, and even plans for space travel. Preliminary plans. If you actually go into the game, it, it based on it's preliminary plans based on what they have access to. See that that that's kind of wonky there with that with it, that list because that's all over the place. Well, yeah, I, motorboats. Technically, you had a motorboat in PL four with a steamship. Clocks, that's PL three. That we had those back in the Renaissance. Before then, we were using sundials. So right, minimal, they they could be three going into four. Yeah, and considering that we decided that Hyrule was at what tech level? Hyrule is at a TL2 level. So medieval. Er, with early PL3 in in some areas. And so Terminal we're seeing here, is, as per OGL parlance, PL3 going into early PL4. So one full tech level difference yes. between the two worlds. Okay. Yeah, now... I have to admit, remind everyone that in Termina, so, um, was it Venti or was it Garo? Who who pulled the moon down and was going to crash it? Majora was going to pull the moon down and it was stopped by four giants. Yes. The four giants are the guardian <laughs> deities of Termina. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, after Link journey through time to fulfill his destiny, take place among legends as the hero of time, he set out to find the lost friend his fairy partner, Nobby. This led him to meet the Skull Kid, who, possessed by Majora's Mask, steals Link's Mount Epona and transforms him into a Deku scrub. Chasing after him, he finds his way into the land of Termina. Termina is in great danger as its moon is about to crash into the central settlement of Clocktown. This was indeed the work of the evil mask that had possessed Skull Kid, and Link is to set out to awaken the four giants in order to stop the moon from destroying Termina. 
Yes. Those are some big giants that can stop them. Yeah. As I just said, they are the guardian deities of that world. If they want to, they can. Yeah. So space travel is interest is an interesting concept because yeah because there's no moon because I because I remember correctly the moon was destroyed. Uh, yes, the moon was blasted away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not, that's great. Not that's great. Just, we don't actually see it being destroyed. <clears throat> it's just that way. Yeah, there's a great in-game picture of them holding the moon up above the clock tower. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much right before it's about to hit. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where yeah, okay, yeah, space travel, space travel in this world, in this world would is probably be a mixture of magic and technology from the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably would. Yeah. Now, I do have a question, and I mentioned this on in our in our in the Facebook group before, and I hopefully uh, I, I made clear what I was asking. Zelda is the only places where we say it's a story verse. Yes. Yes. But this is even worse than a story verse, though. This is a story verse that's it's a subset of story verse. It's called a game verse. Because this is really, you know, it's you, you have okay. games, you have quests, you have missions. I mean, it's... it's, it's Let me it's, get my buck out again. Yeah. 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 This is where the Hyrule Historia comes in handy. Yes. All right. Because while, while this will be dealing with the main series games, mm-hmm. all right, if you were to come through during one of the game's stories... Yes, you could be dealing with being a part of that story. But records in this world, records that come from between these games, different eras that fall between them. For example, on the Downfall timeline, there is something called the Imprisoning War, where the people are fighting back against Ganondorf after he's obtained the full Triforce. Uh, eventually he is defeated. But we have very little idea of how that came about. So you're saying that the best time to... The best time... To run a Fringeworthy meets Zelda game would be in between the ages that are depicted in the game. Yes. Because it's sketchy. There's nothing written in stone. The journey of the hero is the best-kept story in the world. In that world. Okay. If you were to speak of that story, it's considered a legend, yes, but they know it so well. Yeah, and there's also some several pre-stories, and then there's that issue where we have the the Legend of Zelda, and then we have something that 100 years later something's happening, there's that whole 100 years yes. between the two. Anything could happen at that point. Yeah. That's the point. And this is where I would run a game. Mm-hmm. Depending on the length that I'm intending on doing it, I could be running it through mm-hmm. the whole through a whole war like that. Or if I'm intending on running just a few side things here, I could stick it, for example, I could be dealing with the Ocarina of Time story. That could be happening. 
but it could mm-hmm. be the seven years that separates young Link and adult Link. That seven-year yeah. gap, absolutely nothing is known. Yeah. Mm. And then and, and there are some of the odd ones, like spirit, the Spirit War that takes place in Spirit Tracks. Cause yes. That, that, yeah, because that's – I looked. I was reading that one going, how does this fit? How does this fit in the timelines? I mean, I'm trying to figure out how that – Fits in the timelines. Spirit tracks <laughs> currently situated, currently situated at the end of the adult timeline. Actually, Ooh. takes place in New Hyrule. Okay. Wind Waker takes place on the. Uh, it, it's preceding thing. Wind Waker takes place mm-hmm. on the Great Sea. Okay. Hyrule was flooded hundreds of years ago by the goddesses in an attempt to stop Ganondorf from destroying the world because the hero of time did not appear. He did not come back. He couldn't, actually. (laughs) So he decided... Send the the people to the mountaintops, flood the land, and seal it away until the time was right and a new hero could rise to defeat Ganondorf. Okay. They also named Link. They cannot directly strike against him. He contains <laughs> one of the pieces of the Triforce. But they can do things to hinder him. They cannot... It yes. has to be an indirect attack. It has to be... Yeah. He is part of the cycle that begins in Skyward Sword. Okay. They can't interfere with that because the cycle was initiated by those chosen by the Triforce. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, basically he's basically the Sauron of Hyrule. Yeah, I think that would be a good way. That, yes. what, Ganondorf is his name? Yes, Ganondorf Dragmire, King of the Gerudo. He's also been called Mandrag Ganon. Okay. He also just called Ganon in the original. Yes, the more beast-like ones are called Ganon. Okay. And actually, there is not one Ganondorf. There have been two. One Ooh. one Ganondorf has actually been killed. We see him die. This happens at the end of Twilight Princess. You see the mark of the Triforce fade from his hand. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about timelines. We probably should at least at least briefly mention what the timelines are. Right. Yeah. A timeline. The timeline. In no way reflect the the order of release of the games does not reflect the timeline at all. Okay. Beginning with the creation of the world by the golden goddesses Din, Ferrari, and Nehru. That seems to look okay. They leave the Triforce behind the people. Alright. There is a creature called Demise, rises from within the earth, tries to claim the power of the Triforce. Hylia, left as the guardian of it, at first tries to use it against him, but the gods cannot use the Triforce themselves. It has to be wielded by a mortal hand. So she sheds her divine form to be reborn as a mortal to fight him. 
also doing so, she sends a section of the land above the clouds into the sky. This is what directly precedes the game known as Skyward Sword. The people live in the sky with their guardians and partners called Loftwings. Right? Adventures involving this. Right? Stuff happens there. I'm not going too in-depth with the game story. A Link appears with a Zelda. Uh, these two are the reincarnations of Hylia and her chosen hero. In reverse order. <laughs> Obviously. They fight Demise. They defeat him, but he initiates, he speaks a curse that begins the cycle. An incarnation of his hatred will be born and those with the spirit of the hero and the blood of the goddess are bound to it. They are down to fight wherever they appear. This is why a Link and Zelda will be born to counter Ganondorf or those like him. This also fits with the other sayings in the series because Ganondorf is always older than the other two. Now, The next one in the timeline is the Minish Cap. Now this brings into this brings in the Picori, or the Minish, as you probably prefer to remember them. They bring into existence a very different sword that would later become known as the Four Sword. That game follows next immediately after it. Do not believe we're dealing with the same link as Minish Cap, though. Following Four Swords, there's a Hyrulean Civil War, eventually ends with the kingdom being unified, and we begin Ocarina of Time. The one that sparked numerous debates. Okay, so why was this particular story such a bone of contention, I, I assume, among fans? But this deals with the faces that would become familiar to everyone. Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf. Alright. During the adventure, there is a seven-year gap. Young Link grows up, and becomes adult Link and at the end he is sent back to regain the time that he lost because he had been sealed in the sacred realm for those seven years Okay. this is the bone of contention most if not all fans had figured out there was a split at that moment subsequent releases such as Majora's Mask or Wind Waker, said to us that there is a timeline split following Ocarina of Time. Originally, we thought this only split into two. We were wrong. It splits into three. 
I will. Let's go into these in order. Uh, yeah. Reader's Digest version. There is the downfall timeline. Link is defeated. Ganondorf obtains the Triforce. That stuff happens. That would not be a timeline we'd want to we go into that the iDead people don't want to go into. They, they really don't want to go in there. Okay. All right. There, then there's the child timeline dealing with what Link does in the world he returns to. <clears throat> and there's the adult timeline. How Hyrule recovers after Ganondorf. And after Link is sent back. Okay. The downfall timeline goes through A Link to the Past, the Oracle of Ages and Seasons, Link's Awakening, then after a lot more stuff, Legend of Zelda and Adventures of Link. Okay. Clearly representing the out of orderness of the games. Child timeline goes into Majora's Mask. Then Twilight Princess and Four Swords Adventures. Alright. That's important. Okay. The adult timeline goes through Wind Waker, Phantom Hourglass, and Spirit Tracks. There have been other games released after Skyward Sword, as this is the 25th anniversary book. But those are on the wiki and. I don't exactly feel like searching through them all right now to place all right. them. Okay, well, now that we've established, okay, these are the timelines, these are the various dramatis personae, Link, Zelda, Ganondorf. Yes. Integrating Fringeworthy into this world. Now, we said that you would run it in I a would... time in between... Game eras. I, I would run it between game eras, or if I'm doing just short stuff, you could also run it in the seven-year gap in Ocarina of Time. Okay. All right. Um, can I inter interject a question yes. in here? Okay. So you've given us a timeline and a couple of people and stuff like that, but you really haven't established, as far as I can tell... What is so awesome about Zelda that you want to play Fringeworthy in this game? You could have someone on the team that could recognize this world. They could. This could be a recognizable place to them. And I would also think that if you have people magically burst in IDET because yes, remember we have this, uh, IDET Bureau inner training. Right. You're going to have you might have one or two people that okay I've been to Bureau 13 Earth this is a world of magic okay yeah. and they, they would go to that guy as the go-to expert okay this is magic how would this work? Yeah. yeah. I also think because there's functioning time travel in this world more than one way of doing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. Yeah, all you have so, to do is learn, learn the essences of time, and hey, you don't need Ocarina. <laughs> well, actually, there is a theory on the Ocarina of Time itself. Okay. During the Era of the Sky, which is fe features Skyward Sword, 
Link interacted with these things called time shift stones. You mm. hit the stone and it temporarily shifts a certain a area into a past state. The theory involving Ocarina of Time is that due to its color and its connections to time, it may have been carved from a time shift stone. Ah. Okay, that, that kind of makes sense. I was just thinking that. You mentioned time, the time shift stones, like they're, they're reset buttons. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Essentially. No. No, no. Do the um, do the? Can you when you hit one? Does it come with you when the, when the era resets, or does it stay in the future? Some some of the time shift stones are static. They are locked into their pedestals, mm-hmm. and you hit them only to sh- briefly shift the area into its past state. You're not actually traveling through time as such. You're still in your time. The area mm. just looks as it did in its past. Mm. Okay. Okay, so... The area ranges in size, obviously, due to the area you're in. So it's not time and space travel. It is just time travel. You were not... It's, it's, it's not Prince of Persia, rewind, do it again. No, <laughs> it's not. Okay. Yeah. There are... And this actually features in some of the puzzles you do in that game. There are time shift stones that are contained in things that can be moved and placed elsewhere to be activated. Yeah. So, so you can shift different spots. Because I'm one of those players, I go whack a stone. It shifts back, say, five hours. I go whack again. Does it go five hours back further? Nope. When you hit the stone. <laughs> It shifts the area to the past state. You hit it again, it deactivates that stone. Uh, if I hit it a third time? It'll reactivate that stone. Okay, and each stone has a set It has a set area. range of time. It like, has a set radius that it activates. Well, I'm not talking radius. I'm talking, okay, you hit, okay, this stone over in this area can send you back 100 years. This stone over here will send you back five hours or... They are not... They are not different in the time frame. These stones connect the present area, which this area is a desert in the present. In the past, Mm -hmm. like hundreds, if not thousands of years, it was green. Okay. Mm. A verdant paradise, basically. Okay. The stones provide a connection to that time. Oh, it's more like a portal then? Portal that sort of radiates out. Not vertically, but horizontally. It's it's hard to explain because I don't understand the I don't know the words to explain it with. Mm, no, I mean it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's we're talking time travel. That it's bad enough as, as it is. I mean, <laughs> but as it's all, as it's commonly said, if you're if you're talking about time travel and you don't get a headache, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so so it's a it's a it's a region. So like five square miles may get sent back a hundred years. 
but it's really not time travel. It's more like we brought the hundred years forward to the that. present. Okay. You are staying in your time. You're mm-hmm. just bringing this section of what it used to look like forward. Does it go back? When you deactivate the stone, yes. Ah, okay. Now that makes more sense. It's not actually it's going back in time. It's bringing the past to the fr- to the present. Okay, that, that that makes more sense to me too. All right. Yeah. Um. All right. As we said, we we're, we're bringing Fringeworthy into this world. Mm-hmm. Now, Earth Prime, we've determined minimal PL six. Hyrule is PL two. Termina is PL three on the cusp of four. And Hyrule is just on the cusp of three. Right. Now. now this is something you and I discussed, and we came up with a, a fix. Yes. There are no guns. The only missile weapons they have are bow and arrow and crossbows. Yep. Now, these fringe where they're going to be coming in with automatic weapons. Yes. Automatic pistols, maybe an assault rifle or two. Yep. That is a very overpowering factor in these games. Now, here we have the golden goddesses created this world. Yes. Right? Now, they they would recognize any sort of portal that's on the world. They would know it goes somewhere that's not here. Mm-hmm. They would they want their children to be able to develop on their own without outside interference. I would other people coming in with much higher tech would definitely be considered outside interference. Oh yes. They want the the society that they help foster to move forward gradually at its own pace. They want uh, yes. Okay. So would there be a way, and these are goddesses, which means they're beings of near infinite power. And there's three of them, so they can, when they work together, don't anger them. Well, no, usually it's... it's if you have one angry at you, that's bad. The, you, you get all it, three it, on you? Yeah, no. that you've really made some poor life choices, yes. But we have come up with a way that... Because these goddesses, and their names again? Din, Ferrore, and Nehru. Okay, these three. If they would not want these strangers coming in with a wind-up and a photosynthetic charger and automatic weapons and laptops and chemical explosives and whatnot, and body armor made from composites and and Kevlar and whatnot. These goddesses would not want this stuff coming in, disrupting the natural technological progression of their people. We discussed what they would do to hinder that. Hmm. Yes, we did. We can always go back to the old D&D standard of it don't work. Because the gods say so. Yeah. It's easier just to give uh, well, Zelda 
uh, a um, uh, a vision of terrible calamity if this stuff happens, and then she'll just rule it in you know illegal in the land. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ruling it illegal that, is one thing. No, no, no. It's <clears throat> it's not that. It's not that they're going to restrict the development of their people. They're not trying to do that. They, it's that they want their children to develop on their own. They don't want people from other worlds coming in and interfering. Not okay. like that. So what? Uh, so does it? Do they do a a swap a, a a like swap? That is okay. I come in. I come in with a machine gun. It turns into a crossbow. I'm wearing body oh. armor. It turns into plate armor. No, no, no. What what we decided? I hmm. will let Trev explain this because yeah. I only barely understand most of it. Basically, these <laughs> gods would put up a dimensional barrier. Anybody coming in, bringing in higher tech than, at the most, clockwork. Because remember, this is PL2 going into PL3. Clockwork is new technology to those in Hyrule, as opposed to Termina, where clockwork is the standard and steam tech is the exception. Basically, gods can do things like throw up dimensional barriers. Anytime the dimension is breached, things like modern chemical reactions would crap out. If you had firearms, they would just say, we will not permit this high-level chemical reaction to occur. So when you pull the trigger on your gun, let's say, are there dragons in Hyrule? Oh, yes. Okay, let's say an IDEC comes along, they go through the portal, after they meet the Gorons, they're walking around near Death Mountain, is it? Yes. Okay. And that is actually where one of the dragons is. Well, that's handy. You see what I did there? And they say, okay, smoke them. They pull the trigger. Because of the gods saying, no, we do not permit these outside devices to work because it interferes with our, our children's technological advancement. Basically, they're going to pull that trigger. That bullet's going to go through merely by momentum and then just drop out the barrel of the gun. Higher level chemical reactions... And things like, they just will not permit them to work. So if they have anything made of plastic, let's say they're carrying a picture of their kids with them. A picture, it, it's a modern chemical, you know, petroleum-based plastic, you know, with the film. And it's going to start deteriorating after a while and getting brittle and then finally fall apart. If a doctor has latex gloves, after a while they'll become brittle because the laws of nature that are made by these goddesses will not support these laws of physics. They are yeah. to come up. I, I, I know it's to, a bit of hand-waving, but it's, it's the best way to keep things equal. Yeah. It's very specific hand-waving, because yeah. if, you, if you destroy latex, you can destroy skin. <laughs> well, it's not destroying skin. I mean, it's just chemical reactions as far as what I'm saying is that they they they're targeting very specific items. They're not yeah. going to say oh because people can, people people can still make examples. gunpowder. It's just that you just can't make a rifle out of it. You can make fireworks, which they have. Well, that's what I mean. The goddesses are basically saying, yeah, you have these things, but we're just limiting 
how far you can go for now until you discover it on your own. We don't yeah. want outside interference. And this is the best way that Josie and I came up with to not have an IDET come in and just gun down everything that they meet and just blow through well, everything. It is a high-tech nerf field. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, basically, that, I, that, that term could be used, a high-tech nerf field. Basically, yeah. it's to keep the tech, keep the IDET members, okay, they're going to have to pick up bows and crossbows and swords and so, knives. So they're, so they're overriding the 18-hour Playtex effect then. Well, it is their no. They have the home court advantage, these three guns. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. It's their, so, no, it's it's their, their world. world. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to bring that up because... Just some, living in it, yeah. I want, to bring that up. I, I want to bring that up because some people would say, well, what about the Playtex effect? Well, yeah. Playtex effect depends on people not interfering with it. Exactly. There's a big difference between what happens if nothing, if, if the normal, natural or normal passage of events happens versus a supernatural, omniscient, omnipotent being who says, that ain't happening. Yeah. In this case, there are three of them saying, that ain't happening. And, uh, and well, right. Though I personally don't like the nerf kind of thing. I prefer them just simply saying, no, you can't do it. And then when they say, well, I want to do it anyways, then it's like, okay, how do you like walking around with half your oxygen? Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I... I mean, it's a very could, bad idea to make the gods angry. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, the, the, but, the exchange for like was to me be a much more fair thing. You walk through and your while well, your stuff turns into the medieval equivalent. Yeah. That is one way of doing it. Or you could let them have their items but then just eliminate any spares. So you get you come through with the bullets in your gun and all your other bullets vanish. Yeah. <laughs> And and same goes for your medical kit, you know, and everything else. You end up with literally what you're carrying on your person. Well, yeah, because if if we use this high-tech nerf field, it would even go to things like pharmaceuticals. Aspirin would not work because that was not made at least until PL4, what, around? Uh, No, 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 no. Willow tree bark, you can boil up willow tree bark, make a tea, and it has aspirin in it. Okay, Aspirin was one of the very first modern, um, you know, recognized pharmaceuticals. So, but but you're, I'm sure there's lots of examples. Like, for example, uh, penicillin would be a good example that you're looking for, Trav. You know, that was made fairly early, but still, it was a major game changer. Uncontested. I suppose. You would have to find out what works best for you if right. you're going to run something like this. Well, no, the willow bark tea though would have the same effect as aspirin, so I mean that could be that done. That could be done because that doesn't that doesn't mess with the high tech nerve field as John so eloquently put it. <laughs> I do like that. Term. You may a, use that later. A, a willow bark tea, yeah, that does make sense for this world. Yeah, no, I imagine for the four giants would do the same thing in Termina then for high for the higher tech. Would they or? Would that high tech nerf field be there in Terminator? Would there, or could you? Well, beginning PL four, it would cartridge ammunition started in eighteen fifty, which is during PL four. A bit different, dude. I would. It would be a bit different due to the higher tech level of that world, 
or would you just say, okay, revolvers, no automatic weapons? I mean, also, I'm thinking, you know, we're talking about we're talking about Unita. What about uh, some of the sides they're going to play Romans? They show up with their muskets. Now, a musket PL four, definitely, or, in P- or PL two going on PL three because PL three you got uh, muskets and you had um, at least you had gun you had um, um, handguns, a hand cannon at that point in time. <laughs> Yeah, see, that would be now in Hyrule, walking in with even a musket or a flintlock, that would be GM Fiat going, okay, I'm not sure if I want that. Because it's one of the biggest things in fantasy. Bringing in any type of firearms is a game changer. It's one of the most hotly contested things in in playing D&D. And a guy guy with a sharp bow will, will, will... Filled the guy with the musket busy trying to reload seven times over before he gets it reloaded. It's not until you introduce cartridge um, uh, cartridge guns that you get any kind of parity with the existing missile weapons. It's more of a shock and awe thing when they fire off because muskets were never really that accurate because they're all smoothbore. Uh, talk to anyone who's ever had to deal with a rifled musket. They are a pain in the t- patootie. Yeah, that's why the uh, Kentucky uh, long rifle was considered such an amazing weapon. It's when they came up with the with the uh, the first um, um, uh, breech loading muskets hmm. that they you saw a lot more uh, rifled bullets then. Yeah, and of course the rifling made the bullets spin more truer and actually increased distance of the projectile. That's when things got interesting. They went, okay, now we have a problem. Right. Well, the rifling did two things. One is is it made the the bullet uh, not lose as much energy by tumbling. And the second thing was is that in order to do the rifling, the musket, or I should say the barrel of the gun, had to be closer around the bullet in order to do the rifling. And that meant that more of the gases, the expanding gases, were effectively applied to the bullet to produce momentum. So it was a twofold thing that, that was happening there. Yeah, most IDET people, they're going to have weapons on them. They're going to have... At least a sidearm, and I think that's even and, part and of the standard fare. Aren't other worlds... Aren't, aren't they familiar with other worlds where their higher stuff doesn't work? Wouldn't they... Depending on when this is placed, wouldn't they be familiar with? Usually, from what I gather with Fringeworthy Pixie, is they come in. Okay, Earth Prime, the modern day Earth, as opposed to the Romans and all that. Right. Earth Prime are the big tech boys on the block at PL six. Okay. And they walk in, and their tech is often very overpowering. Um, there are occasion, and usually this is GM Fiat placing, making a homebrew campaigning, putting on the okay, fringe path so where tech does not work due to the gods' say or just the laws of physics are different. Like on right. a, as far as I know, there are no official worlds where tech does not work. Okay, but I mean it's something that people do, and I think there's perfectly fine about doing it. But I just wanted to say that you know if you because fringe fringeworthy is is marketed as a science fiction game. They don't do stuff like, you know, reality-altering stuff where, you know, tech doesn't work. Unless we're dealing with the the hells, or not the hells, the other winds. The places where the laws of physics are different. 
Right, but they don't say anything about them other than they're weird. Yeah, but then again, that covers Bureau 13. The laws right. of physics there are different. Right, but Bureau 13 is a world where they you don't you, you, you don't have problems with anything. I mean, it's the reverse of, of nerfing technology. Yeah. All right. Okay. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, if I was going to run a game, I mean, I, yeah, I, uh, I actually, I, ha- I have run games where you go to places where things don't work. You know, and you go, first thing you do is the, 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 the wind-up doesn't come back. You go, well, did you get eaten or what? And, you know, and you, you find someone goes through and finds it sitting there and it's not doing anything because the springs don't work for some right. reason. You, you bring it back and all of a sudden it starts working back in the platform. What the hey? <sighs> okay. Um, so, yes, we. this is how we devise to keep the tech levels at a parity so we're not just walking in and, you know, up. Villain, monster, gun it down, done. That's how we figured that. The, as John put it, the high tech nerf field. I love. We are using that term later. We were It's an. That. It's like the playtex effect. It's become part of the the podcast lexicon. <laughs> Anyways, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million million worlds out there, so go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at Tri-Tech Games. And if you don't, We'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org, colon 8027.